The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We are in part two of our series, Raising a High Drive Puppy. And we're super excited to welcome back Noelle Nasca and her Belgian Malinois, Inga. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. <coughs> Scott's all excited to talk to Noelle. He's smiling uh, like a little yeah, kid. Yeah, I mean, it's great. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to see a nice young Malinois getting worked for a change, too. <laughs> Oh my God. I do have to tell you, I think I told you that I was like welling when I was looking at the videos you sent me, but like it was kind of ugly tears at certain parts. So we really have to train. <laughs> I really miss training. And I have the Canadian uh, French ring club bill, ha- the hat on today for our French ring training too. All right. Our quickie tip today is do not overfeed your dog. And this goes for working puppies like Inga, who is not fat in videos, but you want to be conscientious of how much dogs are eating and making sure they're not getting fat, especially if they're doing higher impact stuff, especially if they're working. And if your dog is leaving some food, sometimes maybe they're overfed. So give them a little less the next day. That's our quirky tip for the day. Yeah. And also with puppies twice a day rather than one giant meal is preferred. Or three or four or five times a day. Like guys, just two times times a day. day? People are doing a lot out there. All right. Well, Noelle, we want to talk to you. Everybody just watches to hear Noelle. She doesn't care. They don't care about us. Yeah. Welcome to the Quirky Dog for what? The third time? She's like our most valuable guest so far. How you doing, Noelle? Good. How are you guys? Good. You're our MVG. And speaking of that, we originally had Noelle on for her business, uh, The Barking Lot, which is a daycare in West New York. And then we did this first episode of this series back in early December. And I'm going to put YouTube links in the description for both of those. And the way that we did it last time is we ran a bunch of videos that Noelle showed me and then her and I compiled them. We're going to do that again. But if you're listening and you've missed those videos, a YouTube link for the videos that we're playing today will be in the description as well. Just as a clarifier. Hi. Hi. (laughs) She looks like she's getting some uh, height. She looks like she's going to be a decent sized dog. She had such a huge growth spurt. I yeah. was like, oh, my God, she's going to be a monster. But she's sort of slowed down a little bit now. Good. I think she's about six months old at this point. Um, Did you drug her? What's going on? She looks very calm. <laughs> she's super calm. She was out. We did all of our morning stuff, and now she's just sort of chilling. I've been sitting waiting to connect and stuff, so she sort of just chilled out. And uh, We're going to start night. sending Noelle our dogs for well, some training. <laughs> when you say when you say morning stuff, what'd you do with her this morning? What's a typical morning with you and this puppy? Oh my gosh! Well, my days are a little bit variable, but I try to have them all eating at a you know a settled time, like between I don't know six thirty and seven thirty. They're going to get fed. Yeah. Um, but he goes out, comes back in to eat, then they go out again. Um, then we do some stuff just messing around in the kitchen. Um, I usually then go take a shower. If the weather's nice, we'll go out for a, a run. Um, but the weather's been really crappy lately. So Noelle loves the winter. <laughs> I hate the winter so much. I can't stand it. Um, but then I usually head off to go start working. So they either load up in the car with me or they're going into their crates. Sure. And you have a lot going on right now as far as you have the puppy, you have an older Malinois, and then what do you have, two pit bulls of your own? Yeah. And then you're, you know, I'll hook the, both the girls up with dogs. And those dogs are kind of like your dogs too, right? Yeah, they, they, they come over a lot. Yeah, one is a staffy, and then one is one the target dog? Is it, what is it, a bull terrier? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a mini. Yeah, he's so cute. But I mean, you have, so what is that? You have four at the house. So that's six dogs that like you're directly kind of responsible for, not every day, but more often than not. And then all your daycare dogs. So you have a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're super impressed. You acted like you'd done nothing. And then when I finally reviewed all your videos, I was like, holy crap, maybe we should train dogs so as well that are under it, seven months. <laughs> doesn't it frustrate you when you have a client that has one dog <laughs> and they don't have time to do any training? <laughs> Because yeah. really, the amount of time you're putting into this puppy, what would you say daily as focused training time you're doing with this puppy, just on average? 
Oh my gosh. I, I mean, it sounds lame, but the truth is if there's 15 minutes of focus training, that's what I was I'm thinking. Not, it's probably yeah, like, to train, to expose to behaviors and create repetitions and stuff like yeah. guided goal oriented things. It's like what people would think of as training. I, I would say it's 15 minutes or less. It's yeah. really no, but that's, uh, but that's exactly the point. And that's where we would align too. Maybe it would be 15 minutes, three times a week, but it's not like you're just sitting <clears> here <throat> training this dog from sunrise to sundown. And she's just a superstar because of all the time you're putting in. And that's why I wanted to ask you about when you said you mess around in the kitchen, are you doing a little bit of training in the kitchen in the morning before you go to work when you say you're messing around or what are you doing? No, there? I, I, I hate to say that I'm training all the time because then that just like negates what I just said. But I think that, you know, you know how it is when you're you, intentional with your interactions. Yeah. It's yeah. always training wh- whether yeah. you're realizing it or not. Where if you have, if you have two, bo- if you have two pit bulls and two Malinois loose, you're going to be training. <laughs> Let's just put it yeah. that way. <laughs> that, I need there to be like an understanding of what my expectations are just for law of the land living around the house. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it goes beyond just, you know, sit down, stay focus. Right. I, right. It's so much more than that. It's how the dog is going to, how it's going to develop its temperament and, yeah. and eat. also how you guys are going to develop your relationship. Right. Because this yeah. is something I feel like is kind of lost in the shuffle sometimes, especially when we're looking at, you know, people with a big following and watching them, you're going to have a relationship develop with your dog that you want with your dog, right? Like you like to have your dog loose out in the living room. So you're developing that relationship its whole life. You're not just working on, you know, your protection practice and everything else. You like your dogs to be loose when you're eating your meals. You like your dogs to go to work with you. We're like that too, but you're catering her to be a family member almost. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It so perfectly. You you get exactly where I'm coming from. That's I know. Exactly. That's why you're one of my very best friends. <laughs> All right, let's um let's start. Uh, I want to do the number three, Chrissy. So since we're talking so much about training, let's actually just show this training video. And then what I really kind of wanted to kind of bring out of this because Noel just her and I somehow are connecting on this and it's working out great, but I don't say, Noel, send me this. Oh, I need more of this. She just sends me everything. And then I binge watch everything. And we kind of compile what'll work best. We think for listeners and viewers and for people watching, we're trying to sit there and help. So one thing I really liked from the videos Noel sent me is yes, there's intentional training. And most of the training clips that you may see within this setting are going to be the 15 minutes Noel's talking about. It's more like structured training for a specific goal, working on a hold, working on certain retrieves, working on, you know, heel position, all of that kind of stuff. And then you just sent me a lot of videos, which I loved of just like her being a family member. And that's important, especially when we're looking at a dog who's going to be a working dog, because I feel like so often everyone just thinks, oh, any dog that's successful in protection just lives outdoors and, you know, just gets thrown a freaking bone a few times a day. And then they just go to work and bite someone like she is a member of your family. And those videos just warm my heart. So can we start with number three, please? All right. Chrissy's on it. Oh, wow. You got another piece of cookie? Old. Old. This girl. This girl. Come here. Get it. Get it. Good. Okay. Here. She hears the video. Wow. <laughs> girl. Good girl. Good girl. So you'll pick up the the sleeves, make tight, and then and then when she's tight with you, you'll be sick. Don't pump that. Yeah. Good. 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 Good girl. Good girl. Okay, come on. Good girl. <laughs> Good girl. Nice. Back up. Good back up. Yeah. Oh, hi. Yes. Walter. 
Now we're in the hanging out, if anyone wondered. We're switching to just being a family member. Wait. Mr. Impatient Rifle. Good. Inga. Good. Sounds like she went to a concert. <laughs> She knew what was going on. Oh my gosh, she was so cute. So when Noelle was clicking and everything on the video and doing all her little Noelle noises, Inga was like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? She doesn't even look like the same dog that was on that stool. I feel like we should be DNA testing her every episode. She's so much bigger now. <laughs> she does. She has grown a lot. But like I said, I swear, I think she's leveling off now. Thank God. But she has a little peanut head. She's we have a little bit of a hard time pulling out because Noelle's obviously raising her for a uh, bite work sport as well. So it's hard for me to pull out like, you know, pet versus protection and everything else. So we tried to put a little bit of all of that into the training part. And then you just see her being a dog as well. So tell us a little bit about how training with her is going and how her integrating as a family member is going and everything else. I, I mean, really the last month it's, I feel super good about it. She's uh She's leveling off in the areas that I was slightly concerned about. I think that we talked early on about her having some higher reactivity than what I'm comfortable with. You know, I got yeah. all off on my tangent about <laughs> she's not a, like a pit bull. Yeah. <laughs> so just being out and about um, people being around that she notices that she's like, oh, who's that stranger? It's not such a big concern for her anymore. She certainly does notice and she's, you know, taking notes kind of um, and being aware, but she's not letting it bubble out as a reactivity that then I have to address. Yeah. She's just with it and going along. Um, and what do you think lended itself to that maybe getting better? Do you have an answer? Exposure, just doing it, just going out and doing it, not making a big deal about it. Um, giving direction when she needed direction. I don't, I, I don't do a lot of just kind of wait and see. I, I take charge and make her come the way that I want her to go. Yeah. Like I'll maneuver her and, and make something happen. Um, so I think that with a certainty, when things start to happen coming from me, yeah. you know, if she's feeling some kind of way that, that she's insecure or, high suspicion, um, just whatever it is that I'm not favoring. If I take the lead and go in an opposite direction or talk to her on the line a little bit, like chopper collar, Hey, listen, redirect her, just a, a, a strong influence. I think that that that's made a huge difference. Um, and now she has things that she can redirect to, you know what I mean? So yeah. whether it's coming back in and, and getting a piece of food or grabbing her toy or just getting the thing out of her eyeballs and then thinking about something else, yeah, that just uh, changing the subject, I guess, and the exposure. Well, and, and I her, you said exposure. Just, Go ahead. What were you going to say? Me? Yeah. What were you saying? I'm just saying just her understanding that I'm not going to let that pan out and you know, just continue yeah. <laughs> and kind of stop it. I guess start. that's what I wanted to say. You say it's exposure, but I would say it's also you because you're noticing a lot. Like you're picking up a lot of little nuances that could maybe go not notice. Like that's where Scott and I align at our house. Like, hey, why is this dog 
like growling. I don't understand. Oh, because you know, this dog's eating there. Like if you don't pick up on the little nuances, then all of a sudden you're like, shit, I have this huge problem out of nowhere. So yes, it's definitely her exposure, but I think it's you reading a situation and also responding appropriately as well. Yeah. Just not leaving her hanging out in the breeze. If she gets a little insecurity and gets a little bit of reactivity, to just let it all unfold naturally could be a disaster. It could just turn into a huge friggin' problem. Yeah. So since uh, we've, go ahead, what were you going to say? I just, that's probably, that's been my biggest, uh, my own insecurity when I go out with her and say, I'm just trying to literally, I, I, I realized I could start using the mall. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you had, uh, and you had your flexi at the mall. So you go girl, you fly, you okay. flexi strong. <laughs> So, but listen, like I thought, oh, I'm not going to see anybody. Nobody's <laughs> going to be at the mall. It'll be like the geriatric set that is just walking, yeah. <laughs> which is wonderful. I love that. <laughs> but I wasn't expecting to see people that I would know. Yeah. I've been over to that mall. I see like 10 people that I know. And here's me just literally trying to have uh, an exposure session, an information session, but also while it's in a like a, a hectic environment with a lot of different variables, I'm trying to keep it as close to me just interacting with her and helping her deal with the environment. Right. So I'll see people that I haven't seen in a long time. And I I'm like leading with my normal spiel about I've I'm working on something with this dog and I feel like such a jerk because then they can't come over and say hello to her or whatever. Um, But the things that I notice, I guess what I'm getting at is, the stuff that nobody else is noticing. So at first I feel like I look like a crazy person, like, Oh, hang on. I'm going to let her just chill while we talk. Don't go reaching for her right away. And a lot of this just comes off completely wrong to the average pet loving person. They don't understand that the dog is speaking volumes about how it's feeling and what needs to happen next because they just don't see it. Yeah. But I, heightened, like sensitive. My, my sensitivity is so heightened to what she needs or any of my dogs need really. And allowing it to sort of take a path that's going to groom it in the right direction to go well. It's hard. It's hard to explain that to people on the fly. And we had a, a funny situation the other day where a guy that had worked with my husband for years and years saw us and I didn't see him, but all of a sudden he was like right up close to us and behind us. He's like, Hey, Noel. And I turned around. I realized who it was. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And she had just seen somebody doing some kickboxing in a gym that's there. <laughs> oh, sure. Adrenaline was yeah. like, wait, they're doing been- bite work in exercise class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's like all perked up looking at this guy kicking a bag. And her, I think she might even been bristled a little bit, but so now all of a sudden we're having this interaction with a, a longtime friend and I had to tell him, just hang on, you know, don't dive right in on her. Let, let's let her just chill. And actually the way that it all worked out, cause we must've talked for five minutes. She ended up just being so relaxed that I'm like, you know what, if you don't mind, can you pet her now? Yeah. And, and it was perfect. It was just so smooth. Yeah. But um, you let it organically work itself out and you yeah. waited until she was at a drive level that you wanted her to be at to meet someone she'd never met before. How do you even tell somebody that though? Well, like the problem, that? you uh, can't <laughs> with the public, when they see a dog, it's, they have just a selfish motive. They only want to pet the dog. They don't care about how your dog is feeling. And if your dog isn't feeling the way they think it should, then there's something wrong with you and your dog, you know? And also, (laughs) like, a high-drive dog or a working dog is different than your average pet dog, too, okay? So you're not taking her to the mall in the same way that you may take a six- to seven-month-old lab puppy to the mall. Like, there's different ways that you're dealing with that and everything else. And I just want to say, for your sake, and we're going to play State of Mind next, um, not quite yet, but since we're going there, we're going to do Video 4 next because we're talking about that. For your sake, if you were going to, like, a barbecue with, like, you know, your West New York coffee group and then you freaking brought your dog and you're like, oh, no, like, I'm here for the social setup, but please don't touch her, that would be one thing that, like, okay, like, bitch crazy, like, we're not going to invite her anymore, but you're going to the mall specifically to work with your dog. So that is a moment there. It's just like if you go to the gym specifically to go to the gym and then you get a phone call and now you're on the phone call for an hour, you never actually worked out, right? So it's, 
you're there at the mall with the intention of training. So you're actually stepping up for your dog in a sense. No, last week's episode intended that you're saying like, no, hey, I'm here for her. We can do you later, but I need to do her right now. And being able to prioritize her is what's making her more and more successful. Right. Yeah. And just a shout out to all of our people that we, you and me and any other trainer is trying to help bring into this mindset. It is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to like tell somebody, hang on, stop, because they're just coming forward on impulse and, you know, from this big emotional thing about how they feel about dogs. And some days I'm, I'm way more agitated by it than others, but I feel it now, you know, when I bump into people that I know, and I have to be pumping the brakes on them, but I, I, I can, I can sympathize with the, with the difficulty that people feel stepping up for their dog and saying, no, that's going to have to wait. I have to prioritize here, no matter how that makes them appear to somebody else. The most important thing is this creature that we have to live with for the next 15 years. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Especially in your case. I mean, you're, you're driving like a Ferrari in a sense. That's what Scott says about mouths and border collies, that they're more like Ferraris and sports cars. All right, let's look at this state of mind video. I'm not going to talk about any examples. We can talk them out afterwards. Scott's seen the videos. I've seen the videos. You've seen them. So, but this is, this to me, when I was watching all of Noelle's videos, I was like, holy freaking crap, like way to go reading her state of mind and making these little baby situations that someone else maybe wouldn't even notice a dog barked here or something else, but go successfully because of how she handled them. So yes, it's exposure, but it's also Noelle and her forethought and the way that she's dealing. Inga. Yeah. There she is. Let's go. What this girl's name? Okay. Inga. Good girl. Super girl. Hey, mm-hmm. Assy. No, no, no. Come on, Inga. Come on. Oh, she left. She thinks she's a big shot. Who's that? Come on, let's go. Is that your no, toy? It was a seatbelt. Gorgeous. No, <laughs> it wasn't. That's funny. Honey. He said it was oh, a seatbelt. You can cut it. Gorgeous, baby. Hi. I love it. It looks like a fox. I know, doesn't she? Like a little fox. Like a little wild animal. Aww, she looks like a wild animal. I love you too. Thank you for that bug. You ready? Oh, Thanks, you guys. Oh, that was good. Oh, hi. <laughs> Walk down your line, like hold your line steady and pet her. She's happy. I have a question. When are you going to start doing bite work at the mall? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe when we visit. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, my God. Please, can we set that up? It'll be like a flash mob. Do you have anything, any specific um, comments to say about any of those videos? I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I just want to be able to flush those out. I just, like, I forgot about a lot of that stuff. (laughs) But because it's second nature to you, right? You're just doing it day in, day out with all the daycare dogs, with your own dogs, with the dogs that you're getting your girls to raise and that you're raising for your girls in a sense. Like, it just, you don't think about it, but it's happening. And I think it's what's molding what we see right here in a sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
she's she's enjoying listening <laughs> to all the sounds. Oh, I took a picture of her the last time looking at the video so cutely. She Aww. when the kid one popped up, she was like, "Oh my god, is that thing back?" So explain the kid situation just a little bit at the parking lot cuz I only saw that video and we didn't get into it too much, but I mean, yeah. she was definitely stimulated oh. by that kid. Oh, for sure, and in a way that I was not fond of. Um <laughs> so that's my staff members, Holly, she has the cutest little toddler and, um, they came by to pick something up and it was just the perfect scenario to allow her to see. And her reaction was not good. Um, she really overreacted and couldn't collect her thoughts. It was like at least five minutes. And I think that that little clip that I sent you was well into the experience. Like I, I hadn't started filming. I was too busy handling my dog. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. um, this isn't going to be good for our second part series. <laughs> what is she doing right now? She's loving um, it. So probably like a good solid five minutes in, she started to think about some other stuff instead of just fixating on the little toddler trotting around. She'd never seen anything like that, that I'm aware of. Um, so perhaps that was a big part of it. She did. It, it ended up being a really nice session. It wasn't intended to be a session, but of course, something presents itself. If you're ready to roll with it, roll with it. Um, so we did. And by the time they were, I did ask Holly, I was like, can you please stay for a couple minutes <laughs> so that we can just like Work get it. this going in yeah. direction? And she was kind enough to oblige, but it ended much better than it started. Um I don't have a lot of opportunity to be around little toddlers like that. So interestingly, when we were at the mall this last time, and you might have a little footage from that, from a recent trip. And I think it was the same day that we were doing some, um, like I was trying to get her into a heel position beside a wall Mm -hmm. and prodding along there to keep her relatively straight And without me realizing it, a mom and a little baby about that same age were there. And I didn't even know that they had come over and they were standing watching. And I did see that as I was trying to keep her attention, she was looking over her shoulder a little bit and noticing something. So then when I was done and I could like get my hair out of my way and look around and see what she was looking at. It was this tiny little person in a snowsuit <laughs> yeah. and like toddling around like toddlers do. Mm-hmm. Like a big and, white pillow, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. And um, she didn't, she certainly noticed, but she didn't have that explosive reaction. Yeah. So I'm really, really happy about that. Um, they, they ended up going on their merry way and we just ended up finishing up and going off ourselves. But it was a lot better than the first exposure. Um, it would have been horrible if she had a big <laughs> embarrassing thing out in the mall like that, but she didn't. So yeah. Well, and maybe- the thing is, and you guys can, you know, talk about this and respond how you think, but a lot of that is because of how you handled the kid situation in the first setup, because so often I feel like people see a trigger and they're like, oh my God, this is an issue. And it's just like immediately, like we have to train it. We have to get cookies. We have to get the dog closer to the kid. And maybe the kid can throw cookies and the mom needs to get involved. And like all of a sudden, maybe we had something that just popped up during a fear period that is like a freaking thing now. Like it's become like that dog is like, I don't really want to see kids again. And Jimmy doesn't love kids. Like there's many border collies and Malinois that I know that wouldn't be excited about little kids. They do weird things. They move strangely. They talk loudly. They make sounds that you haven't heard before. She even heard the kid on the video and was like, is that thing back? Like what's going on? But that doesn't mean that just because Noelle doesn't have little kids at her house, she's not working through that. Because the more well-rounded Inga is in an environment around kids, the better partner she'll be for protection, the better family member she'll be. And your girls could very easily have kids within her lifetime, and you may be a grandmother, and you, you, you want her to be able to be well-rounded in these instances, I would assume. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I, I was thinking about is, uh, you were at your facility with the first kid with the bigger blow up, right? Right. So have you noticed any territorial uh, aggression out of her? Because when you're out in public, she's off her game a little bit and she's more <laughs> open to being a, to not being as reactive as maybe in your house. If someone came over with a little kid, that could be even worse, I was thinking. Sure. Yeah, you- no, you could be onto something there. I, I definitely notice it with all of the Malinois that I've had 
to, you know, the pleasure of having some interactions with in my own household, they, they're all sort of, you can predict that this is going to happen. They get like, it just bubbles out. They yeah. hear weird things or, you know, they're, they're on high alert pretty hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So, Which makes like, them competitive and makes them successful and being on high alert makes dogs twitchy, right? Like yeah. bite work, yeah. you got to be twitchy. <laughs> That's part of yeah. it, but exactly. you want exactly. her to be stable in her mind as well. That's right. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that, uh, you're definitely onto something like off of her game a little bit. It's, she's not really a hundred percent sure. So yeah, she, that was part of why she was toned down, but I'll take it. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it seems like a better place for these new introductions is get her. Like I tell people that have, I go to their house, their dog has a lot of territorial aggression. I'll say, let's meet out on the sidewalk before I come walking into your house yeah. so I can establish a little relationship and then we'll go inside, you know? Much easier. One thing I really liked was, and this could be part of the way you're training her, uh, molding that temperament, but it was really nice to see she was social yeah. with the two people that I want met, to talk about. But then that also, too, yeah. she decided, okay, I'm done, and she left. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and she had the freedom to do that yeah. on the flexi. Because I've had two different kinds of Malinois, they tend to be extreme. I had one Malinois that was imported from Belgium. It was the most social dog I've ever had in my life. I mean, it, anybody, the dog just loved human interaction and, and coincidentally was not real strong on the bite work either. <laughs> but the funny thing was, like I could anywhere in public, if someone said, hey, could I, see, could I say hi to your dog? I was totally comfortable. Yeah, sure. Right. And it'd be a, but she would, it would escalate on the social side. It would go from getting petted to wanting to crawl into this person's coat. You know what I mean? And then typically what I have is the opposite end of the spectrum. They're not interested in getting petted by strangers. They're going to grumble under their breath at, at best. And uh, that sucks that you have to kind of be keeping an eye on that and telling people, no, I'd rather you didn't pet my dog. But she seems to have a really nice balance. And you know? I think part of that, yeah, and I think part of that is how you're controlling those interactions. And I'm glad that Scott brought up that video because it's funny. I said to him yesterday when I was editing, I'm like, I need you to look at this one. I'm like, do you think this is too much? Like, because I could have cut it before. I mean, I, I didn't hide too much stuff that I saw from Manoa. I'm not saying that. But I, you know, when she got down and she was like in her face and yes, the dog had a toy in its mouth. But still, I don't want to promote this like, oh, be overly social with a young Malinois. Yes, you know what you're doing. And it was good because Scott said, well, no, I like how the dog leans in because granted, you already knew she was in good headspace. You invited the other person over to pet her. Everything was established there. And then she showed she was like welcome and good there. And then just like you said, here he goes. And then she peaced out when she was done. And that did make for a good interaction. And what I really loved about that video, and this is a small little nuance. And if you guys didn't see it and you're watching, go back and watch it is she checks in with you before she goes to head over to see them. And it wasn't like she, she was just like literally like communicating with you. Like, Hey mom, like, can I go see my friends? Is that cool? And you so often have a tug or a glove or something in her mouth. And you're a big proponent of that method. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice that they, when their mouth is full, it's not going to be biting anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> they have something else to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and also if they do get a little bit stressed, I've noticed that they just crunch down harder on that toy. <laughs> You know, so they can, they can express that little bit of whatever right into the toy, you know, so it's nice to, and uh, a, f- a friend of mine had one, he had a dog that was not social at all. We and don't ev- recommend every, this. For- everywhere he went, the dog had a bumper in his mouth. <laughs> I mean, he had the dog on a plane, and one time the dog got loose and was running up and down the aisle of the plane with a big bumper in its mouth, and it would not give up the bumper no matter what. So, like, anybody could touch the dog, even though the dog was really dangerous, I hate to say. But if it had something in its mouth, it wouldn't give it up. So it was just, it became a safe dog just by having something in its mouth, you know? What is your thought process when you have the tug or the glove? Like, where where is your headspace with it? Oh, well, it's not about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know. Half the time, I feel like he needs to clear his stories with me before we start filming, recording. I love it. Um, I guess, you know, it does bring a level of security and focus to something other than it's a pacifier. Yes. You know what? Yes. I feel like it's a pacifier. It's a a security blanket of sorts. Um, And I think that I mentioned before, but I do like to have her practice just calmly carrying. 
Yes. So you're, you're so good at that. And that's why I had three examples of while you were doing helper work or sleeve work or something else. And hopefully before the end of this series, at least my personal goal, and we need to figure this out with all of our lives, but is that Scott can actually work this dog either before the third or the fourth part of the series. So we can give even more insight into this whole setup, whether Noelle comes to us or we go to her or something else. But while you're doing your helper work, one, you're decoying yourself a lot and kudos to you for that because it's not easy. Two, you're working with your employees and very willing girls, but you are needing to instruct them and they are not coming from this background that you're coming from and you admittedly would not be coming from a background that Scott's coming from. Like you're doing the best you can with what you were given and you're making that happen. So what I really liked in the videos with the bite work is you're so intentional about the calm hold always. And you've been like this even since she was a puppy. If you have a toy in your mouth, just enjoy it. Just feel good. Like that's her Zen place, right? It's not just like kick it into drive and bite as hard as you can and be in a frenzy. Like when you're doing this, like you can be in a state of calm because to compete, you know, they can't be over the top. Like they need to have good headspace and good drive. So you're really good about that. And then even you had another employee touching her, which is a huge handler thing. We had that issue with Cousteau when he was young, when I was handling him, I want to bite. Don't freaking touch me, you asshole. You know, she's touching. And then the helper, that relationship, no matter who the helper is, whether it's a stranger, whether it's a professional helper, no matter who it is, that relationship is important. And I mean, Scott and I definitely were at one of the most intense parts of our training career when we were, when he was decoying dogs that often, because I loved seeing the relationship that he would develop decoying while he was working a dog. And that relationship is important. So you fostering that is awesome. Thank you so much. It's true I'm though. Uh, nervous about going forward in that <laughs> category, but I'm, I, I found some really, really awesome help in a friend of mine. She's, she wants to learn more about helper work and just cha- training in general. And, uh, She's been super gung ho. I've tried to set up with a few helpers that are um, some of my favorites and more experienced, but nothing is <laughs> nothing's lining up, or somebody gets COVID, or you know, there's just 2022 these- is hard. It's no easier than 2021 and 2020. It's still hard. <laughs> um, can I ask a, a protection question? Are you um, have you are you going to put her on the pants? Have you thought about doing any leg work? Oh my God, I think about it all the time. You should. <laughs> for somebody like you. For well, sure. I mean, I, I would do it as soon as possible, even if you just did a couple of sessions, just so that she sees it and then forget about it. Really? It'll be, it'll be easier than doing it two years from well, now. Well, that's you know true. What I mean? And honestly, yeah, depending on how all of our lives coincide. I mean, before you came on last time when I was all bugging out, like, oh my God, I miss Noelle and we used to train together and this is great. Like that video that we did in New York with Vital, like Scott got Vital on the pants within 10 minutes. So yeah, just exposure, I think, is better than nothing else right now. So it is a good thing to consider. Just so they say it's a possibility. Yeah. It would have worked great with the kickboxing too. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about all of the dogs, because this was some a point that you wanted to make and that I definitely saw within the videos. Tell us how integrating all of the dogs that you and Matt are currently owning and that you plan to own for, you know, hopefully the next decade. How did that work and how was that process and how has it gone since you got her home when? Um, in October, September, October? When the heck was it? October. Okay, I think so... <laughs> So yeah, so yeah. we filmed in December, uh-huh. so you had her two months, you've had her four months. So how has it gone there in your home? And explain a little bit of that process. He's so careful. I, uh, I'm not sure if this comes from, I always weave the pit bulls into our conversation. I'm sorry. Well, you I, live, you, you are a pit bull person by heart I, and you live with a lot of them. <laughs> is That's where I cut my teeth and that's where I've gotten the greatest lessons, I think. Um, and dog to dog interactions with true American pit bull terriers. It's really a whole different ball game, and if there's going to be a problem, it's going to be a bigger problem than you've ever experienced before with any other kind of dog-to-dog hostility or aggression. Yeah, I'm super, super sensitized to that, and um, it's made me ultra aware of the interactions and the subtleties and the details of what certain expressions or body postures or, you know, just any event that's occurring within the dog, what it could eventually lead to one step away or 10 steps away. So I'm, I've been really hypervigilant about paving the way for harmony. And that is, um, a large percentage, percentage of the time I'm 
I'm not just letting them have all the freedom of social interaction that they want. Like this dog came in and um, it, it was a slow introduction to each dog. I'd say Fonzie, the black and white pit bull has been the easiest one to, to acclimate her to and him to her. Um, so that was probably the fastest relationship, but even still, I was extremely cautious and I did a lot of management and small doses of, you know, them mingling or just seeing each other. And then I, I, it was just a slow process. Yeah. But once enough repetitions of these small doses were under their belts, I was reading enough about how they felt about each other that I felt comfortable letting them be together. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that you had these three other dogs, they're already adults in your home. So you know, their behaviors, you know, their body language, right? right? And you don't want them to now freaking hurt a puppy. Uh, You know, it's smaller. It could be an issue. And then as she was growing, you were able to read her body language as well. So let's play um, video one, Chrissy, and that's integrating the pack. And these are videos from like right after when we last recorded up until now and kind of how the dog is doing with everyone. And just to note, you have two intact pit bull males, correct? Uh, one, one, one intact is neutered. So there's one. Intact okay. So there's one intact male pit bull, one neutered male pit bull. One of them isn't shown here, but was eating the macaroni and cheese in the other video. The smaller, cute, white, black and white thing is her daughter's dog. And then you have two female Malinois and Darcy spade, I assume because of Pio. Yeah. yeah. So Darcy did have a litter of Mal or no, she never had a litter. Right. She was my she, litter. Yeah, she was your litter. She was your puppy you raised. So then she has a spayed female Malinois and Inga is an intact female Malinois. Just to let people know what we're looking at. So she wants to say something. Go ahead. Can I take this dog out real quick while that runs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go go for it. Love you. Bye. Oh, well, it's a wet dog day, huh? What do you think, Inga? What you think? What you think? Who's this? Hi. Come on, let's go. What do you want? Come on now. Yes. Good girl, Dee. She's such a good girl. What a happy home you've built. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you know, is there any other details of that about talking about the process or anything you want to talk about or anything that popped up in the video? Well, um, just I guess the the most remarkable thing to me is, number one, Darcy is starting to accept her. And I can't see the video that's running, but I think that you do have that clip where they're outside together in the snow. Yeah, yeah. And I'm inside. That's a huge thing that they're outside and I'm inside. I mean, I'm watching from the window and quite frankly, the dogs are respectful of me enough that if they're making a funny eyeball at each other and I knock on the window, they're going to stop what they're doing. Yeah. Just do something else. So I can head something off if I think that they're getting sassy. Um, but that's a big deal for me to let them be without my direct presence. Like that's different from just being in the in the kitchen or something where they're at an arm's reach. Um, so the relationship that's starting to really blossom between she and Darcy is, is really sweet to me. I mean, the two yeah. females, he's not the friendliest dog in the world to other dogs. Um, they have had parallel lives up until just recently. <laughs> like this, these are the first intersections that they're actually having. And you may remember some footage that I sent to you and they would all be running in that big field. Everybody had toys in their mouth. Um, the the older dogs, that's their established routine. They do that all the time. So it was sort of like 
she was just on the fringe. It wasn't even like yeah. she was really parallel. She was just like, oh, an added side note occasionally. Um, but now Darcy's like making direct interaction with her and almost requesting for her to mingle and, and play with her. And that that's awesome. And I, I know that that wouldn't have been the case had I rushed things. Yeah. Too much, too much um, like rude puppy behavior would have been, you know, received by Darcy and Darcy's like wick would have gotten burned up really quite quickly. She would have just felt agitated by that dog. Yeah. And you knew that and you had the forethought to not let that happen. And no offense to Holly, but it's similar to Holly's kid, right? Like kids can be a lot for dogs. Puppies can be a lot for older dogs. Like they're like freaking go do your own thing. And you taking the time to let it kind of organically work itself out with not having major issues. Like it's not like Darcy's putting Inga in the hospital because she's freaking (laughs) attacking her either. Like you're being conscious that there's not a bad interaction, but by just kind of trusting your dogs and almost like giving them some of the like, um, I don't know, control in a sense, like, and you're able to create that relationship with your dogs because of how you raise them and how you want them to cohesively exist. Yeah. And she's in daycare. Jesus. Well, could I mention? (laughs) She's in daycare even. (laughs) I wanted to mention something about the daycare. And that was the first thing that we talked about the first time you visited us was how you kind of established a baseline of control among all the dogs in the daycare. And it's not typical that a working Malinois would be in a daycare situation and have that go well. But the nice thing is that you don't let anything escalate, whether they're a working dog or not. You're on top of all that stuff. So that's a nice scenario, but not a typical scenario where someone that has a working dog and then drops yeah. them off at daycare on their yeah. way to work. We're that, not recommending that. That typically wouldn't go well, you know. Right, right. So just a little insight to that. Um, <laughs> it sounds funny, but it's the absolute truth. Her her time allowance in there is very brief. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she literally has a blast. Um, but I can see that if she were to start to get irritated, she's going to have a quick flashpoint and go retaliating on somebody that maybe didn't even mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she's, you know, she's going to put a lot of umph behind her communication. And if she's feeling agitated, I don't want that. So, um, well, and what I know about you is you'll use that daycare probably in three to four months to prove whistle recalls too. <laughs> Because, yeah. <laughs> because you'll want to train your dog. It's not like, it, you know, and all the other dogs will know what a whistle means. So it's nice to be able to have controlled distractions that you can train with. And that's a blessing being married to Scott 100%. Like, I want to prove my weave poles. Okay, stand at the end of my weave poles with a bite sleeve and use the clatter stick and let's prove it. Because if you know your dog's value, then you can do your distraction training a lot easier as well. And a side note to the daycare clip, you and the holy jeans and the flat pink little shoes. Maybe that's part of why you don't like the winter. (laughs) They do like have boots and things. I I see you outside in the snow. I'm like, oh my God, no wonder why she hates winter. All right. I go from the house to the car into another building. You got to get the remote start. I got to talk to Matt about the remote start. So your car is warm when you get out there. All right. I just want to talk about conditioning real quick before we close up. Is there anything else that we missed? Anything big going on that we're not talking about with the puppy or you or life or anything? My goodness. No, I don't think so. I okay. think we're getting, I mean, it's just all, it's just, I feel, and we talked about this before. I feel like I'm not doing enough, <laughs> but it's interesting. you made all these, you made these compilations of what I'm sending you. And it makes me feel a little bit better about how it's panning out. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's been a long time since I had a puppy and I think Fonzie was my last puppy and that was going on nine years ago. Yeah. So, Um, it's also the first time I've really raised a puppy with Matt being home most of the time. I think my other puppies, uh, were either summertime or he was away at a job for most of the time and coming home on weekends. I will say that, thank goodness he is very present here while I'm (laughs) raising this particular puppy because as social and fabulous as she is proving herself to be. Um, very, very affectionate and like under your skin with our whole family. She's fantastic. Couldn't ask for better. If, if the mood is right and the conditions perk up and, you know, Matt will mess around and act like he's going to go to grab me or 
or smack my back or something like She's that. She's ready to this go. <laughs> turn on in a heartbeat. Yeah. So she can ride mine and go from yeah. either side. So if he hadn't been here every day, every step of the way, I'd be a little like, oh, here's a big man that's coming home on the weekend. She might not love him. <laughs> But, well, and you're going to yeah. have, you're going to lose zero points in your defensive handler from that too. So it'll be good. <laughs> exactly. It makes me want to with her. All right. So I just want to make the point here that Noelle's puppy or well, I guess she's still a puppy. I call Vital a puppy. She's five, but um, she's <laughs> six to seven months old. She was in the view here, not under a lot of control behaviors. She's integrating into the household pretty well. You didn't run her. You didn't go out running for like three miles this morning, right? You don't, I mean, you don't even go outside oh, in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> so no. what is her like exercise regimen? I know you go to the park with your dogs. What kind of stuff do you do with her just to kind of keep her active? Because especially, have you seen the new movie dog yet or not? I have not. Oh my God. It's I so guess. cute. You guys have to see it, but you know, everybody's getting a lot of backlash about, Oh my God, you don't have to, you know, you have to run a mile like a hundred miles a day. No, you don't like they can integrate into the household with the proper conditions. So can you just talk about her exercise regimen just slightly real quick? And then we have a conditioning video that's outside of protection because I don't want people to just get the idea that you're only conditioning her when you're doing your focused healing work and that's minimal or when you're doing your protection and that's on safe floors and everything else. So can you just talk about her condition? Sure. Um, I guess when the weather's great, I really love the outside. Um, it's not just for the dogs, it's for me. So I love hiking. She's been on quite a few hikes. Um, we go to the park, they rip around for big, huge open spaces. Um, she gets the daycare opportunity to really, you know, get her body moving. But I also do some stuff. I mean, I do feel like the tug work, even if it's just in oh, play. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that rear end stuff is going, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have we have a dog trotter um, in the garage. So we've got a nice slat mill. It's, it's the, we actually have two. One of them's at the shop and we just recently got this newer model. It is so nice. It's smooth. Um, you can set resistance. It's got a speedometer, but all the dogs get a turn on that. And it's not even on the daily um, but if, if there's a day that I haven't had an opportunity to get them some, you know, cardio or some sort of good physical outlet, I'll toss them up on there for a few minutes. Inga is just getting to the age where I feel like maybe I can let her go a little longer, but quite frankly, when she goes on the treadmill, I'd say two minutes is probably the longest she's on there. Yeah. And I even um, asked you about that and you said you're maybe doing a treadmill session once a week with her because of her age. I was curious and you, it's not like the dog's going on two minutes a day, seven days a week, 30 days a month. So, you know, oh, what, yeah, <laughs> just clarifying, you know how people can be. This dog wants to go 45 minutes. If we go work out in the garage, she jumps on there and he does not want to get off. So <laughs> hi, but, my no, Fonzie. He's a, a workout <laughs> champ, but, um, no, Inga, I, I think also our yard, that sounds so ridiculous. And I really, <laughs> I can't stand it when people are like, well, we have a big fence in yard or in ground fence and they run around in the yard. That sounds so lame. I don't, it's not even intended like that, but she does. Yeah. She likes a little bit of a racetrack. So she explores and, you know, it's not just the running, it's the finding the smells and you know, she discovers some mole or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but so. it's it's being a dog and she is raising her physique by doing that. And the dog that you need, she's going to be jumping jumps that most agility dogs don't do. But Noelle is not jumping this puppy at six to seven months over a meter jump or she's not pushing her dog. This dog isn't hanging off a tree on a flirt pole already. Like these things are structured for her age range. And a lot of it, like you said, is true. They're running with other dogs at the park safely. They're not crashing into each other. They're not racing. They're cruising around their yard. She's developing her little muscles as dogs are intended to develop them. So let's show the last video, Chrissy. It'll be video number two. And this is talking about conditioning outside of training. And then there's like some cool playground stuff as well. If Noelle ever wanted to do Mondi or something, because exposing puppies, just like she talked about earlier, exposure is everything. You going up the thing? Come on. Oh, you're so off. Good girl. Get up there. Good girl. Come on. Inga, come here. Wee. Oh. 
Whee! Ready? Get up there. Good girl. That was super. <laughs> so funny. Oh, she's obsessed. Good boy, Walter. You gonna try? <laughs> like a midget. Good boy. Is that her daughter's dog? Yeah, it's Carly's. You guys are hysterical. Look at her. She went from a little baby puppy to an adult girl, like from the last two clips. <laughs> she looks great. I know. You're doing great. a great job. You're killing it. Thank you. This is turning out better than I even imagined. Scott's like, let's have Noelle on for a year-long series. I'm like, oh, fine. Good idea. Whatever. But literally, like, it's it's so nice to see <clears throat> a Malinois developing all in your own um, upbringing. And then we are going to like get together again, which will be nice for all of us. So it's going to all turn out well. And you're doing a great job. I'm very pleased with yeah, the training to, and the puppy and everything. I just want to say, generally speaking about puppies, the puppyhood goes by very quickly. You know, it's, it's a year, 18 yeah. months at the most, and then they're an adult dog. And it can either be you're creating this foundation that you're going to enjoy for the rest of your life, or you're combating bad behaviors that <laughs> tend to just go for on into adulthood. <laughs> And I tell my clients that, that have a young puppy. It's like sometimes, you know, first-time puppy owners, they think they need to get the dog trained. It's eight weeks old. They're thinking it's going to be two or three months. We're going to have the dog trained. And it's, it's less work, but it's a longer journey. You know, I tell people, think about, we're going to do a year. You know, you're going to work with this dog for a year, and you're just honing in on this ideal that you want for your dog. And it's not going to happen overnight, but... Uh, conversely, if you do nothing, you're going to wind up with a friggin' maniac in a, in a year. And a year goes fast. You know, time flies, especially when you're seeing a puppy grow up because it makes you realize how time is going by. The dog is getting bigger so fast, you yeah. know? So do something yeah. do something with your dog a little bit every day. Yeah. A little bit every day. A little yeah. bit every day. And it's always happening whether you're aware of it or not. So try to make the most of that. Yeah. Are you having fun with her? I really am. Okay. I really am. I feel like we're... I don't know if it's the combination of where she's coming into her development, um, her, the, the, that, that bite work session that Jackie and I did together that just felt so great. Um, but I just, I feel like we leveled up a little bit in our relationship. This dog has been madly crazy in love with me for uh, the whole time. And now I sort of feel like that's starting to come. <laughs> You're starting to return it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really pleased. I, I'm liking her a lot. She's really showing her, her quirks of her personality that are adorable and funny. Um, and, and like these recent videos that I sent you just the other night with her hanging out. That's awesome. I'm yeah. super proud of chilling and, and being cool and not obnoxious. She's not being obnoxious. She's being really great as a house dog. And you know, that's, I, I feel like I got, I get the Malinois because they're going to fit into the sport that I want to do. But the reality is, is my dogs are all little babies to me. You know, they're my house dogs. They're my family. Mm -hmm. So that, that's going to be real hard to keep a dog for sport if I don't love it like a family member and can enjoy it as a family member and have my actual family members, my human family members. <laughs> like it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the fact that she's kind of fitting in and panning out the way that she is already at this early age is really making me super happy. I'm, I'm proud of her. This whole thing has been a big eye opener for me because if I didn't see the compilations that you're putting together, I wouldn't <laughs> you would have think you did nothing. <laughs> you're awesome. and I've been I, I was feeling so bad about it. And then when you uh, sent those over for me to take a look at, I was like, wow, this isn't so this isn't as less as I thought it was. I think a lot is happening and it's going in the direction that's going to be really good. Um yeah, she's great. And just a, I, I wanted to give a shout out to Shannon, who is the girl that bred this litter. Mm -hmm. 
honestly, like she, she listened to me. I'm seeing that she looked at those babies and I gave her my little list of demands, you know, um, my criteria that I was hoping for. And she literally picked the puppy that checked those boxes and it's really happening. Like she, <laughs> you're doing it. It's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm happy. You're doing a great job. Yeah. And you got a nice, you got a nice puppy there. We're excited for you and we're excited to see you and you're getting your knees done in like April, right? Oh my gosh. April 21st okay. and then June 21st. Yeah. So we film our next third, uh, like part of this series is going to be the beginning of June then. Cause we're skipping April, May. Yeah. So it'll be the beginning of June. So you, Noelle will have had a knee replacement surgery and all kinds of fun stuff. So we're going to really be excited for the part three. It could be a whole new thing. <laughs> Real life. Inga becomes you. service dog. Yeah, You'll be out there <laughs> training with crutches. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We love you. Thank you so much for coming on you guys. Um, if you missed the first part of this series, we're going to have it in the links. Thank you to Noelle. Thank you to Inga. Thank you to Matt for the time. The Barking Lot employees, keep it quirky. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.